you know, some people think that I tell my story to get praise or, or to, you know, be on the news or be on shows like this. And you don't how, realize how difficult it is to become so vulnerable and to open your family up to that scrutiny. But I know how important it is because when a news segment airs, I get hundreds and sometimes thousands of, of comments and messages and people who are suffering in silence and they tell me how much inspiration they get and so i don't want my struggles and everything that i've suffered to be in vain mm. like i really believe that um, god gives people struggles and trials to overcome them and then to be that hope and and help to other people and a safford city council member is suspending his campaign for congress a safford after city councilman has suspended his campaign for congress after suffering a heroin overdose chris taylor was running for the republican nomination to challenge democrat tom O'Halloran. chris this taylor November. says he is seeking treatment for substance abuse we first met chris taylor in 2017 as we dug in on the opioid problem plaguing the eastern arizona city of safford in a previous campaign ad taylor opened up about his struggles with opioid addiction after two tours in Afghanistan. Taylor, a veteran who fought off addiction to open his own treatment center, was poised to be the success story for Safford. But he went backwards as old demons resurfaced last week. A relapse that resulted in an overdose. In a statement to suspend his congressional campaign, Taylor was very direct saying, quote, I'm not going to hide from this. I'm not ashamed of what happened. I wish, I wish to, to sincerely, sincerely apologize, apologize to the amazing people, people who have supported, who have supported me. me. It's a haunting reminder of a dark past that will always be looking over the shoulder of a bright future. A lot of people ask, how could you ever come back from something like this? You know, I've been through so much in my life. I've overcome so many obstacles and trials and adversity. I didn't come this far to only come this far. I'm not gonna let my worst day define me. No, it's gonna refine me. It's gonna make me stronger. You're listening to the Come This Far podcast with Chris Taylor. Stay tuned for the next episode. You don't wanna miss it. All right, everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Come This Far podcast with Chris Taylor. I am your host, Chris Taylor. Welcome back. Uh, 2021, off to a great start. I'm so excited for this year. This year is going to be amazing. Hey, I just wanted to uh, start this episode off by talking about something that uh, has kind of hit home to me over over this holiday Uh this holiday break. Uh, I'm sure most of you have probably heard the news, uh, but I want to talk about something that was really, really heartbreaking and, and kind of talk about what I saw after the fact um, that kind of just bugs me. And uh, as a warning, I guess, uh, it, it comes up right on that line of, of being political uh, and I, I know that I had promised not to make political um, episodes, but when I think about it, this shouldn't be political, and it, and it, it's ridiculous that it is political. So I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come on the angle as a partisan 
or, or make any attacks. I just want to talk about something that's that's affected me this last week or two. And I'm talking about the news that broke. I can't remember exactly when it was. I believe I believe it was before Christmas. Um anyway, uh a 41-year-old congressman elect uh, from Louisiana, Luke Letlow, um was a was a guy that I've been aware of for for several years um being being involved in politics uh in, in the Republican Party. He's somebody that has been seen as a rising star for for many years. Uh, he worked as the chief of staff to to sitting congressman. Um, he started. He he was a top aide to to Governor uh, Bobby Jindal of Louisiana. Um, and this last year, the guy that he was working for, the chief of staff, as chief of staff, um, was was true to his word, saying that he would only serve three terms in the House of Representatives. And so he retired. That's very rare that you have somebody say that they will. Um, basically impose term limits on themselves and then follow through with it. So, you know, that, that was, uh, that's something that stood out to me. And then he, he right away endorsed uh, Luke Letlow to take his spot. And at 41 years old, he, he has a young family, a young wife um, who's, who's a administrator at a, at a local college in Louisiana. And, then he has a, a young daughter and a young son, and obviously the similarities uh, between between me and and Congressman Elect Letlow uh, were striking. Uh, somebody that was that was young, um, and he had been behind the scenes for for many years, uh, working very hard. Uh, he was a Republican. And he, he was very vocal, um, I guess, as a supporter of President Trump, but you really kind of have to be uh, to run in a, in a congressional primary in the Republican Party. Uh, but one of the things that, that stood out to me was that, you know, he, he talked about how the divisiveness, the, the you know, the, the angry rhetoric or the hateful rhetoric uh does does nobody any good and he was an outspoken uh advocate uh similar to myself about the importance of you know uniting as a as a as a country and and having great robust debates about issues but at the same time respecting uh everybody and and realizing that your political po- opponents are not your uh, mortal enemies, and so those, those similarities were were very clear. Um, and of course, right before Christmas or right after Christmas, I can't remember what which it was, uh, but it was only less than a week before he was to be sworn in uh, to start his his first term as as a congressman. At 41, he just turned 41, so he was elected at 40, and he passed away of of COVID. He was he, 11 days before he died. He had tweeted that he was he had he had tested positive for COVID 19, 
and that he was going to quarantine, uh, isolate, that he was going to, um, you know, get better so that he could fulfill his duties as the congressman-elect. And as a 41-year-old, uh, he looks healthy. Uh, he looks fit. He looks young and vibrant with a young, beautiful wife and, and two young, adorable children. Uh, no underlying health conditions, no pre-existing conditions whatsoever. And so you hear that news and you're like, ah, he probably won't even have, you know, bad symptoms at how young he is and how vibrant and, and energetic and fit he is. Um, it'll, it'll basically just be like a really, really bad cold. He'll get over it and it'll just whatever, right? Because you, you've seen people in their 70s and 80s test positive for COVID and, and their symptoms are very mild and they, they have a full recovery. Um, but which is odd is that I know several people uh, that are very young and very healthy and very vibrant that have been gravely uh, ill and, and their lung capacity uh, has been greatly diminished. And those things are, you don't recover from when you have, uh, when you have diminished lung capacity, lung function, uh, the, the doesn't just grow back and, and heal. These are things that they will deal with the rest of their lives. And, and then also I've, I've, I've known several young people who have died, but it just, you didn't think it's possible for, for somebody uh, like Congressman elect Letlow. Um, and so when I saw that news, it was just, it was shocking and stunning that, that how could that be right? He, he's has everything right in front of him. Um, everything that he's ever, he's by all accounts was a very, you know, politics was in his blood. It, it was, it was his hobby, his, uh, his career. He could talk for hours about political campaigns from the past and different, uh, uh, politicians that he, that, you know, he looked up to and tried to pattern his public service, uh, his, his new public service career on. And, and just the fact that he has a young, uh, wife and and two two very young children, um, man, it's just so heartbreaking. And and then, you know, going forward the next couple of days, um, I posted a, a condolence post and you know heartfelt condolences to his family, and and got a lot of comments um, and shares. In, in those posts, uh, but what started to emerge, uh, which was very sickening to me, was the fact that people were immediately debating whether he really died of COVID-19. You know, starting to debate whether or not he actually died of COVID-19 because the news reports said that he died of, of a heart attack uh, on the operating table 
So obviously he died of a heart attack, not COVID-19. And first of all, the fact that you're that you're even debating that uh, you know, immediately after he dies, like like what what possesses somebody to to you know I just had no words really, but then I started thinking about it and I was like, he's 40 years old. He's healthy. The doctor, the lead doctor on the case said absolutely no underlying conditions. This man died from COVID-19. Yes, the cause of death was a heart attack on the operating table, which he was on the operating table to prepare a blood clot that was caused by the COVID-19. And, and what happens when your lungs are attacked and you have diminished capacity, um, where I'm talking about really, really diminished capacity, your other organs start to fail and shut down, uh, including your heart. And, and he had a blood clot. And then in surgery, he was, became too weak and he died. But, you know, unequivocally, the doctor said, this is a COVID-19 death. If not for COVID-19, he would be completely healthy and living. So, so how can you say that he didn't die of COVID-19? It's just preposterous. You know, and I, and I likened, I made two analogies, right? When somebody die, when somebody has cancer, they battle uh, for a long time, a, a hard-fought battle with cancer. Their immune system is is weakened so much to the point that you know they get a a cold, a cold virus, and they die. They died because their immune system was so weakened that that cold killed them. And that's the same with any anything that weakens your immune system, like like. AIDS, you know, people who have or HIV positive who contract AIDS, um, they usually die of like pneumonia or the flu or, or something like that, right? But when they die, we say, yeah, he died of AIDS or she died of AIDS or they died of cancer. Like we don't even, it's not even a question in our mind. Um, and, and when somebody dies in a car accident, we say they died in a car accident. We don't say, well, actually, they died of cardiac arrest because, from blunt force trauma, right? We, we don't even, th that's just ridiculous. Like, of course, there's a, re, there's, a, there's a cause of death that you put on the death certificate. Um, and, and there's usually um, several different contributing causes and any, uh, any pre-existing health conditions that, that um, that aided in that death uh, are included. And I, I know that because I was a certified death certificate um, um, authority in, in the job that I, that I had a few years ago. Uh, and I would, um, would certify death certificates and uh, put the information in uh, from the, after the doctor signed and submit it to the, the proper state authorities. So I know that, you know, there's always a, a cause of death, which most, a lot of the times is, is cardiac arrest or, uh, you know, whatever, but the, the, the 
the contributing factors are listed. Like this person had cancer, this person, you know, whatever. This person was in a car accident. They died of cardiac arrest um, caused by blunt force trauma to their brain, whatever, right? But we don't sit there and, and you know, squabble over how they died if they had cancer or they had AIDS or they died in a car accident. We don't say, well, actually. And, and so the fact that we're doing that when, when, when I, somebody dies of COVID, like, and, and they're saying, well, you know, we're listing everyone who, po who died with a positive test um, as a COVID death. And I can agree with, with with the fact that when there's somebody that's 80, 90 years old, they died, they had a positive te a COVID test sometime in the in the last couple of weeks. Uh, did they did they die of COVID or did they die of of whatever they were um, dealing with before? And you know that I can understand the kind of should we list this as a COVID death or should we list this as something else? But when you're 40 years old and, and you have zero health conditions, you're healthy, you're vibrant, you're, you're energetic, you're young, why are we politicizing this? Why are we, are we sitting there you know, criticizing and, and, and second-guessing doctors that say, this guy died of COVID-19, period? If, if he had not contracted COVID-19, he'd be sworn in to Congress yesterday on Sunday, and he'd be voting for the, for the Speaker of the House. And then he'd be certifying the, the Electoral College this week. So, so there, I mean, I just don't understand it. I don't understand how heartless and... and um, I don't even know the word to say when, when you're, this is what you're thinking about when a young 40 year old dies, um, after, after having COVID, you're, you're going to sit there and, and squabble about what he actually died of. When, when the, when the lead physician says there was absolutely no underlying health conditions. COVID weakened his organs, including his heart. He he had a had a life-threatening blood clot that that required emergency surgery. And in that surgery, his heart gave out and he died of cardiac arrest um, due to COVID. Period. I don't know why we we even have to talk about it. Um, but we do, apparently, and Anyway, I just wanted to let you know, you know, talk about that a little bit because it really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, the whole thing really affected me because of of the similarities between uh, Congressman Elect Congressman Letlow and and myself. Um, I just can't imagine the the pain and suffering that his family is going through. Um, he had tweeted multiple times early on after his diagnosis uh, that he was. You know, they gave updates on his situation and and he seemed to be stable for, for many of those days. And then and then apparently he took a turn for the worse and they, they moved into the ICU. They they transported him into a bigger hospital and and then the news came that, that he had passed away. And 
it just was so heartbreaking. And I, I can't imagine what his children and wife are going through right now. Um, and he seemed to be one of the one of the decent, uh, good Republicans. Um, at least that's what, the way it seemed to me. Uh, but regardless, it is a human life, and and it's very very heartbreaking. Um, so so my sincere condolences and prayers go out to his family, uh, to his memory. Uh, the state of Louisiana has has lost a uh, a very talented uh, and dedicated person who's passionate about the, his state and and the um, his constituents. And so, man, it's just a it's just a tough, difficult situation all around. Uh, thank you for uh, for being here. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. <laughs> 